Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. Jamar Adams said it again. He's frustrated with the Jets. Hints at a trade in his Instagram post. Accusing the Jets of a lot of talk, no action. Says maybe it's time to move on. Says he still hasn't received a contract proposal that was promised in January. Rich Zamini, ESPN.com and the Flight Deck podcast kind of compares this to another corner in Jets history. Yeah, you know, that's a really good comparison because, well, I mean, Rebus was was just such a phenomenal player at that particular time in his career. I think they just told him, you cover this guy, and he had basically one half of the field. You know, mm-hmm. Jets didn't have to worry about that half of the field. And with tomorrow, it's a little different. Now, you're right. I think Greg Williams used him more as a blitzer. Uh, he, he rushed the passer more. Although, when you look at it, I think he had, what, five or six or seven sacks last year. And I think five of them came in two games. Uh, so, it really clumped up, I think, against the Redskins. He had a field day because, you know, Haskins was so inexperienced and was really a deer in the headlights that day. And then the Jets really just took advantage of him. Um, but they did use him in, in different ways. And he, he is a catalyst on the defense. There's no doubt he brings a lot of energy. But he brings the headache. Jamal Adams, Darrell Rivas. Interesting how the Jets will handle this scenario. Dana Rossini was on SportsCenter. She says, yes, Jamal has requested the trade. But as far as she hears, he's not going anywhere. This has been an accident waiting to happen as we've been watching on social media. Jamal has been very clear. He wants to be the highest paid safety. He wants to be the highest paid Jets player on this team, Rich Semenya reporting that he now has requested a trade. We had heard rumors about that months ago. They denied it. They discussed it. And I'd always been told from sources with the Jets organization, they own his rights for the next two years. They never felt the need to extend him. They wanted to take the time and evaluate this. Obviously, Jamal Adams doesn't want to wait. He sees Christian McCaffrey getting paid. He hears about Miles Garrett potentially getting paid. He wants his money, and he wants it now. But as of right now, I'm told the Jets have no plan on trading him. So they're going to have a very disappointed player on their hands. Stay tuned. This is going to change, I guarantee you. All right, so what's happening? Speaking of football, will there even be football in 2020? Well, Dr. Anthony Fauci says football needs a bubble format to be played this year. Speaking on CNN, he said football teams would need to emulate plans by the NBA and MLS for a bubble format or consider not playing in 2020 because of the coronavirus pandemic. And then there's Dr. Alan Seals. He's the NFL chief medical officer. Quoting him, we are developing a comprehensive and rabbit rapid result testing program and rigorous protocols that call for a shared responsibility from everyone inside our football ecosystem. In other words, we are, we'll handle this. We know what we're doing. Okay. So Dan Olofsky, what should the NFL do? The NFL is ready for whatever situation gets thrown their way. It's just no need to announce it right now. But again, if the only, the only way the owners are going to make their money and the only way the front office people are going to make their money and the players are going to make their money and the people impacted within those cities are going to make their money is to put the NFL in a bubble. The NFL is going to do that. But I also think it's a little bit of a microcosm to the society that in some situations, Max, that's people's only option is, okay, I've got to play with a little bit of risk here for me to go provide for my family or go do things that are necessary for my family. I don't think it's all everybody's being out there stupid and reckless. I think there's some calculated Mm -hmm. decisions being made by people. This would be one by the NFL. 
Danilovsky, obviously on first take, also on first take, Stephen A. Smith, who agrees with Dr. Fauci. I definitely would concur that that the NFL should adopt and embrace what Dr. Fauci is saying here because I think it's necessary. But I also think it's important to understand because you decry um, a lot, Max, about people reopening the economy and what have you. Listen, this is the reality of the situation. I think it's incredibly important to understand. We don't know when a vaccine is going to be available. And short of a vaccine, the reality is, is that at some point in time, you're going to have to embrace going out and taking a chance because we live in a, a world economy. I mean, this is a capitalistic society and you can't just shut down businesses and stay at home and expect to survive. It's unfortunate. And I'm not going to get into the weeds and all of that, but that's the reality of the situation. So like we mentioned, Dr. Alan Sills kind of thinking there won't be a bubble. Daniel Rossini, what are folks telling you? The league also does not think that a bubble uh, would be practical or needed. They're really trying to push testing and education. And, and this has really been the tone the whole time in terms of how the league was going to approach this. Never was it ever spoken or at least said to me in conversations with sources with the league that they were going to move this season, cancel this season. All that was never even discussed. Uh, just as a little asterisk, Texas in the NCAA says 13 players tested positive for COVID-19. 13, and contract tracing has 10 more in isolation. They started bringing football back to campus for workouts on June 8th. Telling you, I don't know what's going on. This is spiking again. Let's move to baseball. So... Is it games? Is it money? Is it the virus? Well, Jeff Passan says, obviously, money's a big deal here. Yeah, but those two are, those are really two and like the same things. I mean, the answer to that question was July 19th at 15 ballparks across America. That's what Major League Baseball answered with today. And I think the way that the players look at it right now is quite simple. The last proposal that Major League Baseball gave for 72 games would have paid them around a billion and a half dollars. This proposal for 60 at full proration will pay them a little bit more than a billion and a half when you add in some forgiveness of, of the uh, advance that they were given as well as some postseason money. So it's actually over 100% of that pro rata, but the players still feel like, hey, we have the right to grieve if you shorten the season here, and that right to grieve may be worth more than what you are offering us right now if you add it to the 50 or so games that you're going to implement. All right, so Jeff, MLBPA says 70 games. MLB says 60 games. How many do you think we're going to have? I think when it's all said and done, if they come together, it's going to be for between 65 and 70 games. And, uh, I, you know, as someone who is – looking for labor peace long term just because i like i enjoy the game of baseball mm -hmm. and i want to see more of it then i hope there are more games this year and i hope that they agree on something it would be nice and it would be nice if they can agree on it soon moving to the nba mavs owner mark cuban was asked if his players knelt how would he react to that if they were taking a knee and they were being respectful i'd be proud of them 
you know, hopefully, you know, I join them because I think we've learned a lot since 2017. I think we've evolved as a country and this is really a unique point in time where we can grow as a society, we can grow as a country and become far more inclusive and become far more aware of the, the challenges that minority communities go through. And so, you know, I'll stand in unison with our players, whatever they choose to do. But, you know, again, when our players in the NBA, you know, do what's in their heart, when they do what they feel, you know, represents who they are and look to move this country forward when it comes to race relationships, I think that's a beautiful thing and, and I'll be proud of them. A lot of conversations about whether the how many NBA players will come back and will many of them not come back and focus on, you know, the situation with social justice issues. Well, we do know that Renee Montgomery has opted out of the 2020 season in the WNBA's Atlanta Dream. To, and she's the first WNBA player to publicly, publicly say she won't play since the league and the players union announced an agreement Monday on the proposed start to seat of the season next month in Florida. She tweeted, quote, there's work to be done off the court in so many areas in our community. Social justice reform isn't going to happen overnight, but I do feel that now is the time and moments equal momentum. Let's keep it going. Back to the NCAA. Well, Mike Gundy again is being accused of using a racial slur as a player in 1989. He just apologized for his actions and the shirt he was wearing to offend his players a couple days ago. Our Paul Feinbaum was on First Take Your Take, and he says, you know what? This guy hasn't learned much. Mike Gundy is still the same buffoon today that he was four days ago. And, you know, he has tried to inarticulately talk his way out of something uh, that he just can't do. His explanations become more ridiculous every time he, he opens his mouth. The only thing I, I do agree with him on is when he, when he said yesterday, I'm a dumbass. I mean, nobody's disagreeing with him on that. But that's still no reason why he should be the head football coach at Oklahoma State. I mean, so many people have come at anyone who has criticized him and say, you know, why, why would you fire a guy over a T-shirt? That's not the issue. Uh, anyone who's reasonable knows that this is about his conduct over over many, many years. And, and already this week, he embarrassed himself by wearing the T-shirt. He embarrassed himself by trying to make his player apologize. And then, you know, he continues to embarrass himself then by flipping and flopping and saying that he didn't realize what this was all about. I mean, three and a half weeks into the most intense social and racial inequity conversation in my lifetime, he still didn't get it until his players told him. I mean, that's just patently absurd. And best top stories. Thank you, Nikki, Kyrie, and Joel. Hey, if you have a small business trying to get the word out that you're still serving the community, let us know. We've had over 350 local businesses do just that. Reach out. And you know what? We're still sharing their messages. Send an email to 987ESPN at gmail.com. Let us know your story so we can pass the word along to our listeners. Again, that's 987ESPN at gmail.com. Like Johnny Prince's famous Broadway Diner. It's open for takeout and delivery. They're located at 2019 Southwood Avenue in Linden, New Jersey, and are best known for their famous breakfast sandwiches and their chili dogs. You can check out their menu online at www.johnnyprincesbaywaydinernj.com. Again, www.johnnyprincesbaywaydinernj.com or call them 908-583-5585, 908-583-5585. They're open Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. and Saturday from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. 